Good morning, beautiful people. <laughs> it took a lot of effort to get on this morning. The Wi-Fi just wouldn't let me be great. Wouldn't let me be great. If it's around 9 o'clock or closer to 9.30, no, it's time for Love Babs. Love Talk on Babs Rolls Ivy. Paul is standing by somewhere to do word on the street. So wherever he is, give us a word on the street. <laughs> All right, Paul, where you at? I know you out there in these cold, brisk streets, walking, walking the mean streets of New Haven, looking for an unsuspected citizen to run up on and ask them, what is the word of the day? <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Huh. It is Tuesday in the Elm and it's the winter is coming. Winter is coming. It's brisk. I understand. I heard my heat click on and then I got it on the lowest setting possible, right? Because money. Um, so I'm just waiting to hear. I'm just waiting. <laughs> it's on. So it's warm. I'm keeping the house, keeping the chill off the house. So I hope all is well. So, hey, Harry, I, I don't know what's happening, but I don't know if we got more technical difficulties, but technical difficulties abound. Uh, let's see. Last night I went to my uh, first moot court at Yale, the law school, and saw one of our, our law school coaches um, argue a, a case. And they use actual judges, like honest to God working judges. <laughs> so... So, uh, so yeah, they participated last night. It's a competition of sorts. And, uh, and our coach, uh, Prega, made it to the next round, So, which is really cool. I think they get a little bit of money in and the prestige of winning moot court. So it was impressive. Anyway, uh, that's the story I'm telling you this morning. So, huh, so much going on. This is a week of talking. So uh, at 10.15, I've got the lovely and talented Dr. Uh, Natasha Wright, who is the uh, uh, president of the Iota Chi Sigma chapter of Sigma Gamma Rho Sorority here in New Haven Incorporated. And uh, they are celebrating, the chapter at large is celebrating its centennial. And, uh, and I just thought I wanted to talk, to talk to her about this because it's a big deal. Uh, we, the, our, my sorority, Delta Sigma Theta sorority, um, turned 100 a few years back. And all these, all the divine nine are starting to hit their 100 marks, centennial marks. And I'm just in awe of that. So, so anyway, I'm going to have a, a sister on representing Sigma, Sigma Gamma Rho. All my good friends are Sigma Gamma Rho sisters. So, uh, and I know they'll be listening in like Pam Washington and, um, uh, a bunch of other folks, so Miss Mason and uh, a bunch of folks, Paula Rice. Uh, yeah, so it's a bunch of them that I know, and then they'll be uh, listening in. So I'm looking forward to that conversation. So anyway, uh, I know Paul is out there in these streets. Uh, 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 looking for... Uh, somebody to come on and talk about word on the street uh gary winfield was on this morning not on my show but he was doing because you matter this morning Woo! that is a commitment particularly when it's cold i don't know how you do it i don't know how you do it 
So uh, it's pretty cold, but uh, he's doing it. And uh, I think they do one one a month, if I'm not mistaken. But they do one a month. And so uh, he was out there this morning. I didn't catch what school he was at, but he was out there. And uh, baby, it was cold outside. Uh, but it's a wonderful thing. So if you've not seen it, see it. If you want to support it, support it. Um, I think you could find them on the Facebook page. They're always looking for people to come and cheer on these kids. It makes a difference. It really does. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, I think, uh, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I believe Connecticut voted to have to to have early voting or to begin the process of making space for early voting. So, hooray, Connecticut. So glad the Arizona governor is not that crazy woman. Hooray. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm disappointed that Stacey Abrams didn't win Georgia. But listen, anybody that can mount a formidable campaign the way that she did deserves our respect and admiration. Indeed. Uh, now we got a runoff Ugh. with uh, Warnock and Crazy Guy. You know, uh, Mushmouth. <laughs> Remember Mushmouth from Fat Albert? Remember Mushmouth? <laughs> Rochelle Walker is not even, he's not even as eloquent as Mushmouth. Not even. I don't even want to do that to my, I don't even want to put them in the same category. But I fear, you know, if you was going to say something, that's what you would say. You're a pootie tang. You know, because gosh. Anyway, uh, what is going on? Let me see what's happening in the world. I, you know, I, I have been so low-key news lately um, because it's just so, I don't know. I don't know if it's because I'm getting older or I just I just can't tolerate it. High five to uh, Ellen Clegg over there at What Works. Uh, the podcast uh, in uh, Massachusetts. Uh, she she did me a solid shout out on her podcast because uh, she was they were updating her and uh, Dan Kennedy were uh, updating their listeners on uh, what the New Haven Independent was up to. You know, Paul Bassis stepped aside from being the editor, and Tom Breen the the. the Hugely, uberly, fantastically talented Tom Breen is taking over the editorial duties. So that's exciting. And uh, a nice turn of events. So anyway, they were uh, just updating their podcast listeners. And uh, Ellen Clegg shouted me out saying she's kind of addicted. <laughs> Which, which coming from a woman of her caliber, I'm I'm pretty impressed by. <laughs> like I'm I'm seriously fangirling. Like, okay, Ellen Clegg digs me. That's all right. So, uh, uh, so yeah, so I followed him uh, on Twitter. Twitter's still Twitter at the moment. Before it blows all the way up, um, I followed him. Ooh, Paul, you haven't found anybody yet? Yikes, because it's cold outside. 
You might have to run into one of them coffee shops. <laughs> so, you know, run inside somewhere and pull somebody. Oh, it's cold. And get and get a talk to somebody because ah uh, well you know the girls used to do that the girls would go inside places uh so I don't know you might not see anybody walking these mean streets this early this cold everybody's trying to get to where they're going you know not meander on these streets because it's I don't know if there's a coffee can you get is there some place to get coffee between Ooh, that drag from uh, down Elm Street before you get to Yale. There's no place to get coffee on that drag. I think, you know, I think your first time to get coffee is when you hit like Broadway, right? You go on uh, Maison Mati. Uh, yeah. So mm. anyway, that's the story. Um, that's where we are. Okay, let me see. Messages are coming in. Oh, <laughs> run in on somebody. Shoot. Listen, there's people all over the place about to cross Orchard on the case. Where is he on Orchard? What? That's, he's farther down than I thought. I thought he was a little closer to Broadway. Okay, so Paul Bass is out there in these streets. In these mean streets looking for people. If you see him, stop, talk, give him the word. Because he's about to cross Orchard. He's on the case. <laughs> I need a I need a little um, we need a little grab, like you know how you have a, a we need a little GPS, put up a GPS screen of where Paul is uh in, in New Haven, particularly when he's doing a word on the street, so we can like see. <laughs> and then we can like track his steps. Like how many steps? Paul must do like 10,000 steps easy in a day. Easy. Because he walks, he walks in, he walks home. I don't know how much work he's going to do in the, in the winter. But I mean, I, it is good exercise. And I live equally far away. So I could walk downtown too, but I'm not going to do that. That's not happening. <laughs> well, not happening anytime soon. Because I live, let me tell you something. When I used to live on Bassett Street, I'd walk from Bassett Street to downtown back in the day. I sure did. So I, I don't know what I'm talking about. I must have, I act like I forgot that I used to walk all over this city. And I think it's because, you know, when, you, when you've had mobility issues and hip replacement, a lot of things escape your mind. You know what I mean? Uh... So I'm just saying, that's just that's just the way it is. Uh, that's just the way it is. So we are out here doing our thing. Um, let me see what else is going on. I got to check the events because I know there's stuff coming up. And if I don't check, I don't know. And people want me to tell them where, what's happening. So I'm about to do that. Uh, da, 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 da. you know, uh, oh, I don't know who that is, huh? You know, December is coming up, and uh, you know, the Christmas tree lightings in all the places like Brooklyn, New York City, New Haven. <laughs> I think New Haven's is soon, though. 
uh, Friday, Poetry Crisis, opening reception, 810 State Street. Uh, I think that's the never-ending bookstore. Um, so if you have a mind to do that, it's from 6 to 8. Uh, oh, no, 1 o'clock, Friday at 1. Uh, oh, the New Haven Jazz Underground presents Super Jazz Showcase. This is Friday at Cafe 9. The New Haven Underground, New Haven Jazz Underground presents Jazz Super Showcase. Oh, that should be good. Unfortunately, I won't be able to check that out because I'll be in Providence at the Planned Parenthood annual meeting. I can't make it. Otherwise, I'd be right there. Uh, Saturday at 2 o'clock at West Haven High School. Poets are not a luxury. So they're having an event. That looks really good. I won't be in town for that either because I'll be in Providence. Uh, and then the Denim Day Party, November 19th at the Club Van Dome. This is Darius Morell's, uh, you know, he does a lot of parties. So he's doing Denim Day Party Saturday from three to seven, you know. I used to be hella against day parties. It's like, this is like a glorified happy hour. But, you know, I have embraced it. Because, you know, you get out of there at six, seven o'clock, you go do something else. You know, you go home. <laughs> and you had a good time and saw people. Had some drinks, you go home. So I'm just saying, uh, let's see, what else is going on? I'm just trying to look through all the stuff that's local. Because, you know, I, I follow a lot of things that are not local, you know, that are in the tri-state area. Because, you know, you never know. Might be something you want to check out. And uh, let's see. Uh, oh, On the Trail. Bluegrass at Best Video. That's November 25th. So that's next week. You know, next week is Thanksgiving. Past the, past the turkey. Past the sweet potatoes. I don't know. We'll see what we'll do. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, I might go over to eBay's. You know, she's gathering with her family. So I don't know what I'm going to do. Oh, I might stay home because God knows I could stay home. Really? <laughs> and just, you know, eat food at my house. I could do that. So we'll see. We shall see. Happy birthday, Roland Joni Young. Uh, today is her birthday. I sent her a message this morning. She responded. You know, but you can see all her timelines. I think she's a link. I think she's a link. And uh, so I see all the links celebrating. So, yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> Paul Bass is still out there looking for word on the street. Six rejections at the bottle return, that the bottle return, and then at the laundromat, but he's still on the case. Okay, so that means he must be by a stopping shop. You know, folks got, folks don't want to be out there like that. <laughs> like, mm, somebody might see me. Uh, somebody might see me. I don't. I don't want to be seen. So I ain't mad at you. Just saying. Just get out there and do the thing. We're gonna do it. Uh, let's see what else is going on. I've not had a chance to look at Oprah's 
favorite things list. Next year, I'm going to have a favorite things list. I think that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start writing them down in the new year, and then I'll tell you all the things that I dig. You know. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, yes. So, yeah, that's a, that's a, uh, Amtrak is adding new trains between New York City and the mid Hudson Valley. So, all you people who've been rallying for that, now you have it. So, you could get upstate New York without a problem. And it might be nice to get on a train and go upstate. I think that'd be really nice. Particularly in the fall, any time of the year, you look out the window, it would be pretty, pretty, pretty. Uh, what else is going on? Let me see what else is going on. Man, um, let me check the New Haven Independent for uh, for their covers. Uh, the Inner City is out. It has uh, Judge Luby Harper on the cover uh, because he spoke, gave a rousing speech. Um, and uh, we got the information. It's a wonderful cover. He called me to let me know that people have seen it and he thanked me very much. Uh, let's see. On the front page of the New Haven Independent, Homeless Hotel next. No, Homeless Hotel plan scrapped. What's next? I don't know. If homeless people voted like everybody else on a regular basis and had a, and had a, a, a block, they wouldn't treat these people like this. Chapel lots sold. 166 apartments en route. God darn, we be building some. A Chicago-based real estate company has purchased a long vacant uh, collection of Chapel Street properties for $6.75 million and has begun the long-awaited construction of 166 new apartments at the site. So, you know, that's like right down there on Lower Chapel Street across from the Institute Library and Beauty Supply, Beauty Plus, and that kind of thing. Uh, there's a piece on here, new tutoring site focuses on phonics because phonics work. I know, I know people say, well, all children don't learn the same. Yeah, but the majority of them can use phonics. This is how I learned to read. I read pretty damn well. Uh, and I still use phonics to this day when I come across words that I don't know or I'm not familiar with. I know how to sound it out phonetically. I don't know. Why, why are we reinventing the wheel? <sighs> oh, yes. Abolition transmitted. So, you know, there's a new radio that's hitting the airwaves. Um, and they invited me to participate. But on the days that they could, the days that they did it, I couldn't do it because I was exhausted. I was like, no, I can't pick up another activity. Uh, but they were at Possible Futures uh, planning and doing all the stuff. But they've got it off the ground. So uh, Abolition Transmission, a new radio program and podcast uh, from New Havener, Louis Luna uh, and A, with 13 collaborators who currently who are currently incarcerated across the country and remain largely anonymous through the show. So the episodes are going to broadcast out of uh, WPKN 89.5 FM in Bridgeport and are accessible online through the program's website. 
So WPKN reaches correctional institutions in Danbury, Newtown, New Haven, Cheshire, and Bridgeport. So this will be really, really good, right? It is funded by individual donations and a REACH Racial Equity and Creative Healing Grant for $22,500 from the Community Foundation of Greater New Haven. High five, uh, Community Foundation and the Arts Council for Greater New Haven. High five to us. That's a good use of $20,000, I must say, to give people opportunity to have access to, to voices, incarcerated voices. The, the interest of full transparency, the arts paper is funded. Oh, we know. <laughs> oh, so uh, it goes on to say, uh, and this is this is in the it's up at a New Haven Independent, but this article stems from the Arts Council, uh, from the uh, arts paper. So abolition in this context is a belief in the end of the prison industrial complex policing and policing and the carceral state. After releasing the first full episode last month, team members are working on a second program of messages from family members of individuals who are incarcerated for February, 2023. Um, so this is this is pretty good. This is pretty good. You know, I was just at uh, a Art and Justice Impact uh, Symposium at Trinity hosted by their English department. And it was uh, it was so well done the day. I'm so glad I got to participate. So I know how valuable it is to have people uh, incarcerated have their voices heard, even though they are incarcerated. It is valuable to not only on the inside, but it is invaluable to the outside, um, and their loved ones can hear them, uh, and messages can go back and forth. Uh, but people can stay up on what the state of affairs are inside. And I think that's a good thing because I think when things are in isolation uh, and you don't see them, they're out of your mind. You know what I mean? Like you don't, you're not concerned about them. So here's Paul Bass. He must've found somebody for word on the street. And I know it's cold. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning, Babs. How you doing? I'm good. How are you out here? You got a hat good. on your I'm head. I'm going to move cold. around to get the light out of his eyes. I'm here okay. with Patrick, the maintenance guy at Wendy's on Whaley. Good morning, Patrick. How you doing? I'm fine. yourself? Good. What's the word on the street? Just uh, cleaning up. Good stuff. I noticed you got a box here. You've been filling it up with stuff people yeah, put on the trail. Garbage. People just they take the parkway as their uh, personal garbage, and my job is to clean it up. Keep Wendy's looking nice. You know, I noticed there's not a lot of trash around here. Is that reality? Is that because you're here? That's because I'm here. Uh -huh. <laughs> Actually, people come through the driveway, and it's like, it seems like when they come through the driveway, that's when they want to empty their ashtrays. Oh. <laughs> but I'm the guy that cleans it up. So, you know, you want to go to Wendy's or anywhere to eat. You don't want to go to a place that's really trashy. So. And I think about that in other places, too. Why people dump their ashtrays on the street or throw stuff like out the window? It's time to stop. It's like when you stop your car. Okay, well, I got this minute. Let me clean my car out, but you're dirtying the other guy up. So it's just question, something people do. And do they, I guess, I don't know what to think. Like, is it that it'll just stay there? It's no big deal. Or there'll be some guy like Patrick coming who'll clean uh, it up. That's the, most people probably. I, I think a lot of them probably just do it unconsciously. Mm -hmm. I want to give them the benefit of the doubt and say that most of them do it unconsciously. And just, you know, I don't think they'll say, oh, Patrick will come or other Patrick's. 
And how do you like doing it? How do you like going around? And I enjoy my job. I enjoy my job, you know? It's, it's good. It keeps me busy. And how and long have you been doing this? I've been doing this now for two years. Two years. So for two, two years, years, how many days a week you come to Wendy's? Uh, five days a week. And what hour shifts they give you? I'm, I'm the morning shift. So that's from when to when? Morning. From seven to around about one, two. That's a long shift. Yeah. So you just go in a circle all morning picking stuff up? Oh, no, no. This is the beginning. I clean up the garbage, and then I go inside the bathrooms, empty all the cans, the cans outside, and then I put up the stock, you know, when all the stock. The, the stock uh, oh, boy. The little cups that you dip your nuggets oh, yeah. in, yeah. Uh, straws, all of those things. I, I place them in where they belong. Mm-hmm. Place everything, everything in its place. So let me ask you, Patrick, now that you do this job, right, and you see what people's actions, how it affects their environment, did that change anything you do in your own life? Do you think twice that you might not have? Oh, yes, definitely. I, uh, I think about, you know, because I used to be one of those guys, dump your ashtray out mm-hmm. that through the drive through And now that I see, you know, uh, you know, how it affects others, I tend not to do that now. I tend to more or less uh, not even take a straw. You know, we tend to bite the straw and just throw the paper away. Yeah. I don't do that anymore. And was that only in the last two years? Yeah, <laughs> actually it was because I'm more conscious of it now, now that I have to clean it up. So. And is the effect when you're thinking you don't do it anymore, is because you're thinking of the person who'll have to clean I'm it up? Exactly. Or are you thinking about what it's like to have it on the ground and looking nasty? And just, you know, for the environment and that somebody's going to have to clean it up. Mm-hmm. But at one time I didn't care. I would just pop the straw and, and throw the paper out. But now I tend to throw that stuff away. And, and you know. And how did you get hooked up working at Wendy's? Uh, actually, when I got out of Gateway, uh, went to school and then this is just like part-time thing, but I've been doing it. But I, I enjoy it, so I kept on. And did you have a profession before that? A job you did? CDL. I drove trucks. Oh, yeah. Mercy driver's license. I didn't even Not know that until like a year ago. CDL. Yeah. CDL. Yeah. And what made you stop doing that? I moved. I used to live in Brooklyn, New York, mm-hmm. and I moved to Connecticut. So when I came out here, you know, just doing different things. Uh huh. What was truck driving like? Like, how long did you do that? Oh, I did that for a number of years. Actually, I didn't drive trucks. I drove ambulettes. Basically, people who can't take the city bus or wheelchairs or whatever, I would take them to work. Basically, I would get a sheet of paper with 1 through 50, and it would say, go get number 9. I'd look on the list. Number 9 is Jane Deere. I got to go pick her up on Whaley, take her to Yale. Mm-hmm. And then once I finished that, I'd just sit in the truck until we well, did said, that in Brooklyn, so it wasn't yeah. And how, what, what made you decide to stop that and come up north to New Haven? Uh, family. A lot of, uh, I had a family member out here that was sick, and I came out here to take care of, take care of them, and I stayed out here. I you live in the city, Patrick? I live here now. Yeah, I live in New Haven now. So tell me about a day you'll never forget working at Wendy's. What's your title here? Maintenance worker. What was your day you'll never forget as maintenance worker? Interaction, how was something? Could be happy, could be sad. Oh, uh, let's see. Uh, I seen a lady doing labor. So that was that was, was she at the drive-thru? No, she was inside the uh inside the vestibule. And what was she eating? She was just she came and she was big. I was like, she was swallowing, and I said, Oh my god, I think she's like you ready to bust. And I'm just joking. So but what'd you do? She actually went into labor. We called the uh, ambulance and, and they, the paramedics came and they took care of her. I thought it was, you know, uh actually the water burst first. That's what I saw. Okay, so, so see, I'm like, oh my god. And she said she was getting ready to have the baby. And so <laughs> and it all went okay. Yeah, but everything went okay. She never got her burger. 
No, she never got a burger. <laughs> <laughs> and what about things? Have anyone ever said anything about the work you do? Does everyone say thank you for making clean? Oh, or? yeah, all the time. People say appreciate you. Appreciate it, yeah. Because they like to come to an environment to eat that's clean. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to eat around filth. So when they see me doing this, they appreciate it. I appreciate it, too. Yeah. And um, Fabs, do you have any questions for Patrick? Oh, now I'm going to make my way to Wendy's because I, I never go to Wendy's. But now I guess I'll go to Wendy's because Patrick <laughs> is there keeping it clean. And I trust what he's saying. So, <laughs> and, and Patrick, what are you doing today after one o'clock when you get off? I'm going to go sleep because I'm up early. I'm going to go home. Take a nap. Take a nap. Just now, if you take a nap, mm-hmm. does it make it harder you to get bed at night in time before you're going to have to get up? No, no, I'm, I'm older. So, I mean, I, I well, nap often. Uh-huh. Anything you know. else you do for fun when you're not working? Chess. I love chess. You're a chess guy. Oh, man. Tell I'm, me about that. I love chess. Uh, King's Gambit. <laughs> <laughs> and and when, when did you start playing chess? Uh, I've been playing chess for some time now, years, maybe high school. Uh-huh. And yeah. where do you play here in New Haven? Actually, I play online. I play a lot online. Uh, there's a, there's a, uh, a thing called Spark Chess. It's online and it, and it's a uh, teaching thing. You can learn, you can take back moves. So it helps you learn. But I often go to the public library downtown and yep. I'll sit there and just read and read and read. And one guy, how I learned was a guy taught me chess and he would beat me and beat me and beat me. And I got upset and I went to the library and got a book on chess. Actually, the name of the book was Bobby Fisher on chess. I learned <laughs> chess and I began to beat him. Was that in Brooklyn? Yeah, that was yeah, where you grew up. Yeah. Which part of Brooklyn? Uh, Crown Heights. Okay, my dad's from Bensonhurst. Okay. Yeah. So is there anything you learned in chess mm-hmm. that affects how you do your job and maintenance at Wendy's? Let's see. Well, everything is calculated. Uh, chess is actually the only game where there's no element of chance. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Yeah, you can pick a card, play cards. The ace might come up, the jack might come up. But chess, everything's calculated. So there's no element of chance. And... Uh, and this here, it's just, you know, you have to make uh, calculated decisions on what you're going to do and how to do it. Like, for instance, not throwing straws out in the street and then, you know, picking up behind ourselves and keeping the place clean for people to eat. All right. Enjoy, you know? So, Patrick, I, it's, it's great chat with you. Does Fabs have any more questions for Patrick? No, I, 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 appreciate, I appreciate seeing him this morning. He's live on the radio. Say that I, again. She appreciated meeting you and chatting with you. Nice to meet you, Babs. <laughs> and so this is Paul signing off. The word on the street. Love Babs, love talk and WNHH FM, New Haven's home for community radio. <laughs> Thank you, Paul. That's good out there in the cold weather. You found somebody working. Now, now, now I got to go to Wendy's because that brother's out there keeping stuff clean inside and out. So that makes me <laughs> that makes me really want to go to Wendy's now because some other places their parking lots are not that neat. I'm I'm here to tell you. So uh, thank you for that. Word on the street. Uh, I love that you meet people, all kinds of people. I love all the people that sort of come here from different places and and sort of tell you why they've come. You know, it's a big deal. So I I appreciate Pat, Pat Patrick from Brooklyn who made his way to New Haven and has decided New Haven is home. Uh, and that's not a bad, bad hours from seven to two. You know, you, you have a whole day in front of you. So good for him. Good for him. Uh, I appreciate that greatly. Uh, so 
now that we know we all make our way to Wendy's and uh, Wendy's has got like a run ahead renovation. So they look nice. I mean, you know, they got that little box look, but I haven't been to Wendy's in a long time. I tell you what I used to like at Wendy's, the lemonade, they make a good lemonade. And uh, I think I used to get the grilled chicken, some kind of chicken sandwich. I got to go in there and see. Oh, and the chili, of course, right? Like they always had good chili. So today might be the day that I pop into Wendy's and get some good old-fashioned chili on this cold, hearty day because you need it. Thank you, Paul Bass. Very nice. So uh, Wendy's, here I come. I'm not going to. Does Wendy's have breakfast? (laughs) I need to know that. I need to know if Wendy's has breakfast. That that would be what I would want. You know, I don't know why. I'm a breakfast person. Like, I love breakfast. Although I don't eat breakfast enough, but I love it. So I have to look at a Wendy's. Me- let me, let me, let me, uh, let me get a Wendy's menu. See what's happening. Because uh, I don't know what they have anymore. I, I remember that I know they have those square hamburgers, right? Like that's their, that's their claim to fame, right? And, uh, and, uh, they, uh, the, uh, the chili, the square hamburgers, the Frosties, I never could eat those. Oh, they do do breakfast. They do breakfast. Uh, they have biscuits and, and, and croissants. Okay. I see now. I see. Okay. Okay. All right. So uh, Dave Thomas, who was adopted and has created a foundation to fund uh, things around adoption, I believe. Uh, I I recall that from from my days of running Jumpstart because they would always uh, they would always grant us funds for things. Um, so yeah, I, I remember that. I wonder if they still do that. <laughs> I wonder if they still do that. But anyway, got me thinking because November is National uh, Adoption Awareness and uh, Wendy's founder, Dave Thomas, uh, was adopted and um, did a lot of awareness ra- awareness raising around adoption and funding uh adoption initiatives so i remember that so that's that's a nice little tie-in this morning wonderful tie-in beautiful tie-in for uh november so yeah we'll go to wendy's <laughs> go to wendy's get me a chicken sandwich or no i'm not gonna do that what i will go and get is a lemonade. I, I like the lemonades. I don't know about the French fries. I, I think they have good fries. I haven't been to Wendy's in forever. Not since my kids were little, because that's where we would go. We would go to Wendy's. Sometimes, I mean, you know, you know all the places you take children to have fast food. Um, so, yeah. Uh, long time ago. So, Wendy's it is. Uh, I see in Arizona, uh, the woman pulled it out. I am so happy. 
I'm so happy. Uh, what is her name? Katie Katie Hobbs beat um, Carrie Lake. That one, she was cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. And I think people were, or the rumors were that she was going to be um, Trump's running mate. And I think he's announcing he's running today. We'll see. You know, everybody's telling him not to, but he's he's uh he's putting his foot back in these waters, I guess. Oh my god. You know, but Democratic Katie Hobbs won in Arizona. So Arizona's like, we're gonna we're gonna push back on this ridiculous narrative. But I'm sure um that woman is gonna say she was robbed too and race was stolen or rigged or whatever these republicans can't ever just just graciously lose they always have to be extra you know i just don't get it uh i don't get it um i don't get how they i don't who raised them <laughs> you lost fair and square Seriously, no, graciously concede. Although we don't need your concession to step into the role, but I, I don't, I don't understand how they, I, I don't understand how they operate in the world with this. I, I, I lost, but I'm not going to say I lost. I don't, I don't understand that. We would not accept that anywhere. We would not accept that in Little League. We would not accept that in in uh, uh, little kids playing any sport. We wouldn't accept that. We wouldn't even accept that with professional sports. We would never accept that. Can you imagine a team losing and saying, I don't accept it? <laughs> I think we watch you lose. What are you, what are you talking about? So, so yeah, so I, I would imagine that... Uh, Carrie Lake is going to get on that trail of, I was robbed. <laughs> oh, I wish they would just all go away. <laughs> they won't, though. They will not. They got to ride a dead horse. They're not going to be happy until they are trounced. And, you know, Republicans love to say, well, we need a, you know, people will say, oh, we need a robust two-party system. Well, if your party <clears throat> refuses to be civil, civilized, play by any rules, why, why would anybody join that? Well, people do join it because they like the incivility of it. They like the messiness of it. They like the white supremacy, anti-racism of it. I mean, racist, racist and white supremacy of it. So that's a little... So you can't have a robust two parties when the other party is all about the destruction of people. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. We're not going to stand for that. So I, I don't know what, I, you know, we, people could say we deserve two robust parties. Well, you know how that happens when people make parties robust it's not some abstract conversation. You have to want to be in a party. You have to make the changes necessary for your party. I, I don't understand why they don't want to do that. And then whine because 
people because they can't win without cheating and gerrymandering. I, I don't understand how they how they think that's gonna work. <laughs> I don't get, I don't understand them at all. Whining, but yet do nothing to sort of alleviate all the barriers that they have created to 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 keep people from voting for them. I can't vote for them. They're they're for the destruction of mankind. Literally. I don't know. I'll say what I say. I'll do what I do. That's all I could do. And uh, make my way, uh, make my way to where I was. Uh, uh, make my way to where I got to go and do. But you know what, Republicans, if you want a different outcome, you have to create a different outcome. <laughs> You want a different outcome. You have to create a different outcome. I think they need a makeover. They need it from the floor down, makeover. They're not going to because they have a playbook and they think that their way is the way. And I don't know what to tell you. People are not feeling it. And the only way that you can win is if you cheat. So, I I mean, I don't know what to... Y'all got to do your own deep dive into your own party and sort of say, this is not working for us. Let us take on another path. I mean, until you're ready to have that kind of conversation, what are you doing? <laughs> and if you're not ready to have the come to Jesus conversation, then keep on. You know, I don't know what to tell you. Anyway, I've got Dr. Natasha Wright, Natasha Wright coming up at 1015 uh, to talk about um Sigma Gamma Rho Centennial and uh, and what that means to them and what they look forward to in the future moving ahead. Uh, I am I'm one of these people that is delighted that young women, young Black women still uh, pledge their lives to uh, sororities. And uh, it's an amazing thing. So it's time for uh, station identification and I'll be back on the other side at 1015. Stay. Hi, this is Babs Rawls-Ivy from New Haven, Connecticut, and you're listening to WNHHLP 103.5 FM, streaming live at newhavenindependent.org. I was so 
Welcome back to the second hour of Love Babs Love Talk. I am delighted to welcome Dr. Natasha Wright, who is the uh, president of the, uh, I think it's the Iota Sigma chapter of uh, Sigma Gamma Rho here in New Haven. And uh, Sigma Gamma Rho overall, Sorority Incorporated, is celebrating their centennial. Welcome to the Centennial Club. 
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It is always a pleasure. And I am the president of Iota Chi Sigma. I'm sorry, Iota Chi Sigma. Yes. (laughs) In uh, serving New Haven and Fairfield counties. We are delighted. And yes, honey, it is our centennial. (laughs) (laughs) Paint the town blue. I mean, blue and gold. Blue and gold. Let's do this. (laughs) (laughs) So let me tell the peoples. Uh, Sigma Gamma Rho Sorority Incorporated was organized on November 12, 1922 in Indianapolis, Indiana by seven young educators, Mary Lou Allison Gardner Little, Dorothy Hanley Whiteside, Vivian White Marbury, Nanny Mae Gon Johnson, mm-hmm. Hattie Mae Annette Doolin Redford, Bessie Mae Downey Rhodes Martin, and Cubina McClure. The group became an incorporated national collegiate sorority on December 30th, 1929, when a charter was granted to Alpha Chapter at Butler University. Come on here with that history. Yes. (laughs) You know what? I love love the Divine Nine. I love that we are all stepping into this centennial. That means that we are still thriving and we are necessary. So absolutely. It is a big deal. A big deal, as you know, because I know that you are Delta, correct? Yes, ma'am. It is a big deal to be self-sustaining for any amount of time, but for a centennial, it is very, very big. And we are ecstatic (laughs) to enter the Centennial Club. I mean, I I don't know about you, Dr. Wright, but I'm always surprised that young women or women still uh, commit their lives to public service in this manner mm-hmm. in a sorority life. I mean, our sororities are very different than white sororities. Yeah, you know, we join them and we, we it's forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. I mean, we even have a death ceremony mm-hmm. uh, that transfers into the next chapter, right? So yeah. are you surprised that sisters still want to have this commitment? You know, I'm not. I'm not. I think that when you are uh, when you come from underserved communities, that there is something ingrained in about seeing your community do a little better. And so if you've seen that in our black churches and you see service and you see um, other organ, other local organizations doing something, I think there is a burning on the inside to say, how can I help? Now, you know, our sororities and our D9, um, our, our D9 brother and sisterhood uh, is a collegiate organization. So it's when you get in, you find other like-minded people doing community service, looking at civic and social duty, looking at community wellness. I think there's there's almost a call to, I gotta, I gotta be a part of this. I wanna be a part of this. It's not necessarily just wearing letters and colors, but there is a burning on the inside to say, how can I make a greater impact? And I think those that join Greekdom, something is lit on the inside of this lifetime commitment to make our communities just a little bit better. It's not just for, you know, undergraduate or if you come in at the alumni level, it's I am already doing this. So now let's link with other people that's doing it well as well and make a greater impact on our communities. So now I am not surprised. It actually moves me to say now, Sigma Gamma Moreau, we enter the Centennial Club. There's going to be people um, that's looking at the 25, at 125 year mark that light this keeps on lighting, mm-hmm. that we continue to walk um, in the um, in the footsteps of our founders holding up that pillar. 
um, to say, listen, you too can do this. You can, too can do this. And we can further the missions, whether it's just Sigma Gamma Rho, but all of D9. We can further this, especially because we're working in communities that hit so close to home. It's not abstract to us. I, I think you're I think you're right. Although I will say I, I'm often I'm I'm surprised and delighted that women still mm-hmm. and, and men too commit their lives to this cause, to this collegiate, because it is a collegiate uh, uh, introduction, right? Like you, mm-hmm. that's the other way, you, you know, that's one of the ways that you get in is through the collegiate way. But um, oftentimes though, Dr. Wright, do you find that uh, we are invisible a little bit in terms of what the other the other folks in the world know about us. I think we are known amongst ourselves in mm-hmm. a big way, but I'm not so sure because I'm always surprised when white people are like, you're a sorority? And, they, and they're basing it on their experience right. of what a sorority is. And I think that there is a great divide. Like you said, there is an unknowing of what Black letter Greek organizations do and what we represent and the access to power and resources that we have. So we are underestimated. That's a good point. <laughs> we are under <laughs> like, like, oh, y'all, oh, y'all just don't know. There's a reason <laughs> that um Vice President Kamala Harris is in office. She pulled on the D9. Let's there is a reason <laughs> that so we are under, I definitely think that we are underestimated. And so, but that I think that the underestimation comes from the lack of awareness and knowledge of who we are and what we do. Mm. So we we all, all of us, the D9, we all have a social action component to us. Like we, we, have, we have not ignored the cries of our communities. Like we just can't do it. And so, uh, and so all of us have a mission and a charge to, to do something. What is the mission and the charge of Sigma Gamma Rho Sorority Incorporated? The mission in charge of Sigma Gamma Rho sorority is to better the lives of women and children in communities of color, national and international. And so that looks different in every community because we are not just a blanket cookie cutter, one size fits all. So this is why we have chapters. This is why we have regions. <laughs> right? so, so we execute. So overall, we have five national programs to execute, but it is left to the region and then chapters and how we execute so that we are really honing in on what our community needs. So Iota Chi Sigma serving New Haven and Fairfield County may look a little different than what Litchfield County may be doing, maybe look look a little different than what the New York or even out West may be doing. And so we hone in right on our five major programs, women's wellness initiative, which include can include heart health, um, breast cancer, all of that, anything containing um, concerning women's health. Then we have SWIM 1922. We're teaching Black kids and adults, because sis here, to learn to swim and have access to community pools. Um, that is my. That is one of my favorite things that y'all do. We need when I saw that yeah. when I saw that campaign fly mm-hmm. started, yeah. I I have been watching it and following it. Because I absolutely love it. Like, I love that somebody is saying, we got to get these Black babies swimming. Cause yeah, water safety is big. Yes. Water yes. safety is so big. So for me, I, I'm going to learn how to swim, okay? So that's on my <laughs> But my children know how to swim. It's, so water safety and communities of color is major. 
So that's the second one of our national program, like you said, civic and social, like how do we do what we do? Then we have Operation Big Book Bag. So we're filling backpacks at the start of the school year and we're giving them out to um, schools that may be impoverished, that may be in lower economic, social economics um, areas of the city. So we're preparing them for scholarship. And then we have our annual youth symposium. Well, that's just a beast in and of itself that we're bringing community children, usually to a campus or to a school. And it's a day full of conference-like workshops, teaching um, on, different, on different aspects of civic and social duty, uh, wellness, you know, all of that. So we then begin to execute the greater vision locally through many of our programs. And the last is Project Cradle Care, where we are definitely looking at um, adverse effects and disparities among Black women and infants. So through that, like I said, we have the autonomy to execute, but we're making sure that we execute these five major programming uh, programs throughout all of our chapters and regions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so how, how, uh, what, what does it look like in your New Haven chapter? And how long have you been the president? So I, I, well, I'm in my third year. Yay. <laughs> yes. So I consider myself a vet, honey. When you can, <laughs> when you get through that first turn, it's like, oh, now we cooking with gas. Yes. <laughs> So I am in my third, uh, my third year, second term, third year as president of Iota Chi Sigma. And it has been uh, a tremendous ride, like implementing these programs. You ask what it looks like. It looks like the annual youth symposium. It looks like bringing neighborhood children together. It looks like feeding a hundred families last year in December over in the Roberto Clemente area. Um, it looks like marches and walks. It, it looks like Operation Big Book Bag. So like I said, we take the national programs and we implement them on the local level. It looks like raising awareness for um, mental health and um, physical health. We are in the trenches, in these streets, making it happen, mm-hmm. making it better, uh, hopefully making it better for our local uh, community. I, listen, we need all hands on deck because Absolutely. we are, we are, we are under siege. And, uh, and I think if it wasn't for um, the, the, the quiet power of, 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 sororities and fraternities black sororities and fraternities mm-hmm. uh, that we we probably would be further down on the economic totem pole you know I, I think I think we've been I mean we are the ones that are running schools and mm-hmm. hospitals and all the things in in government every facet of government so uh so what what does the next hundred years look like for y'all like what what do you and they just had a big old centennial shindig. And we did. And we did. We've been partying all of 2022. You hear me? Uh, I know. Some of my good friends are, are your sorors. And I've seen them pack their bags and jet to all kinds yeah. of places. So our um, international um, grand basilisk, Rashida S. Liberty, um, we have a slogan for the centennial is greater women, greater world. I think over the next hundred years, we begin to um, produce greater women to have a greater impact on the world. Mm -hmm. I do believe that we will always uphold our pillars of sisterhood, scholarship, and service, but I believe the next hundred years, we will be challenged to take service to a whole new level. And how do we infiltrate systems that have been locked out to us, right? How do we infiltrate and begin to have um, influence on local laws? 
How do we infiltrate in the school systems and how do we make our the voice of the community heard through our organizations, not just Sigma Gamma Rho, but through the entire D9, like I stated earlier, we yield a power that is underrated and is sometimes underutilized. So how do we begin over the next hundred years for all of us? to push the envelope to say, we are here, we are representative of our local communities and we demand such and such to happen. Yeah. So that's what I see is that every each and every D9 begin to push the envelope to stand firm and say, scholarship is important. Service is important. Funding to local communities um, is important. How do we begin to do this and push agendas and really be this habitual line stepper? That when they draw a line, we step over and say, no, that's not it. <laughs> so when, how do we be like, oh, we're going to draw our own line. We're not going to continually take what you give us, but we want equity for all communities. What yes. does that begin to look like? And so that the New Havens and the Hartfords and the Stanfords and some of these unimpoverished areas, what does this look like when the little pockets of black and brown people, wherever we are, are they getting the same mm -hmm. as the Westport and the Wiltons? What, what are we doing here? And so we want to be able to push agendas and like I said, habitual line steppers that make our voices known and put our finances right where our talk is. So we pushing it with money and having packs and opening up community centers and partnering with one another to have a greater impact. That is what I would like to see over the next hundred years. And as long as I'm part of ICS, oh, we gonna push lines. We gonna push. <laughs> I absolutely love it. I love it. All right, so um, so what are y'all, what, what, what other celebrations are y'all planning? Cause I know y'all ain't done. Well, so ICS, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> we just, we are just returning um, from the centennial celebration in Indianapolis. Just yes. this weekend. So um, just to be clear, our centennial date, um, like it was just this past Saturday, November 12th, we've been partying mm -hmm. all of 2022. Mm -hmm. So ICS is actually hosting a centennial um, mixer this coming Friday night at, uh, don't even get me to lie, Lions on State Street in Lenons. <laughs> yes, that's where we'll be. So that will culminate for us centennial. Um, this this Friday night. Um, so most of our centennial celebrations have concluded this weekend. And so now we just enter and bask in what we have done and really begin to push for the next hundred years. Mm, I love it. So, so Dr. Wright, tell me a little bit about you and what you do for money like what <laughs> well, well, you mean for the nine to five you you <laughs> like girl what what you do <laughs> the day to day well honey let me tell you no i i am a licensed clinical social worker in private practice and i also own a group practice so i own heart to heart counseling and co-owner of pathways to wellness where we treat um black women and so in that i do that most of my time i also do some um adjunct work at UConn. And I'm also <laughs> a clinical supervisor for a nonprofit in Bridgeport. So when you talk about what I do, honey, it, it depends on the day. <laughs> you know, you know, I know better than to ask any black woman. Like what I do is like, well, what today is? And I'll tell you what I do. <laughs> I know better than to ask any black woman. Okay. So what do you do? Cause it's never one thing. I do, but mainly um, I do clinical work. I am a um, social, I'm a therapist. 
So, you know what, this is a, this is a good way, uh, a good segment into talking about black women and our mental health. Like that is such a, and we're just now starting to sort of have conversations around what does self-care look like? How do we get help? Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I, I, I still don't think we do enough around um, taking good care of our hearts and minds uh, in, 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 outside of the home, outside of work, um, even in our organizations, talk a little bit about why it's important for us to sort of seek the help that we need mm-hmm. if we need it. Absolutely. So I think why it's important is because you will find that Black women are the backbone of many organizations. And so not only in our philanthropy, not only in our civic and social duty, um, or um, even in our churches and communities, all, a lot of grassroots organizations are fueled by back, Black women. So as you just asked me, what do you do during the day? So that doesn't even include what we do during the day and whether or not we have children or a spouse or fur babies or <laughs> whatever, <laughs> elderly parents, young children, like we are pulled in so many different directions. So it is crucial that we begin to carve out some time for us Because when we don't, we internalize it and it looks like stress and stress, high blood pressure, chronic illness, chronic pain, sleepless nights, um, not eating enough. So we're not getting the right uh, nutrition. And so all of these begin to wear on us. And one thing that we have internalized, um, um, some of us have internalized over the years is that we can be superhuman and we can't. So that learning to say no, learning to pause, learning to put ourselves first, learning to rejuvenate and take periods of rest is crucial for Black women because because we do have a great responsibility, but we're not superhuman where we can just go, 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 go and go without pausing to reflect and take and take ourselves off the proverbial back burner and put ourselves front and center and say, no, not today. Over the years, I have had to learn how to say no. It was it just didn't come like that. And you think that I do a lot now. So back then, but I've learned to say, you know what? If it doesn't align and if it doesn't fit, I just can't do it. And because I want to live as long as I can live, like I won't see another centennial, but I'm saying if I can see the 75th, I'd be okay. <laughs> like if I can see the, you know, 150th anniversary, like but so I want to live, honey. So I cannot be burning myself <laughs> out here because I, we just turned a hundred. I need to see some. So, um, but getting in a rhythm and making sure that we take care of ourselves on the day to day. So it may not everybody can't take a vacation, you know, every month or every other week. But learning to just slow down and say, I'm going to sleep in a little late. I'm going to read a book. I'm going to take a walk. I'm learning to carve out time day to day will grant us longer health, you know, and really begin to work at some of these health disparities that we have in um, Black women. We are at the charts of some of these things. And it comes um, from the way that we treat ourselves, thinking that we have to self-betray in order for other people to come out on top. We overproduce while we allow other people to underproduce. Oh my God, that's a word right there. Uh, well, isn't it a word, honey? Girl. You felt that deep down, didn't you? <laughs> and that's the God's honest truth. I see it everywhere I go. I just didn't have the language for it. You just gave me the language. We are overproducing while we are allowing pe- other people to underproduce. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but you know we have this mindset dr right if, if we don't do it ain't gonna get done 
then it won't get done. And then that's where that's right where I'm at. I have, I have to come to a crossroad. And I want every black woman listening to this, come to your crossroads, wake up that we are not going to take ourselves out doing it. If, it won't, if I don't do it, it won't get done. Then it won't get done. Yeah. This I is think- exactly right. Sigma Gamma Rho has a women's wellness initiative and mental health um, awareness is part of it. It's mm-hmm. like, if it, then it won't get done. That's pretty profound. And I think that's a hard, that is a hard thing, I think, for, for a lot of Black women to hear. It is. We are groomed to do. Yeah. We are groomed to do. We're groomed to take care of. We are groomed to nurture. Think about this. Um, when children are younger, ba- girls, of course, um, and they walk in a halfway talk, and first thing we do is buy baby dolls and strollers. We're already grooming them to take care of somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> Like what is happening? The first thing they do is go buy a baby doll. Well, here's your baby doll. And then she come with diapers and now she got this bottle and then baby alive just feel like the real thing. And then, you know, for us to get a little free time, ain't your baby crying? Don't you got to go take care of your baby? And so we're ushering them, child, go do something. We're buying kitchen sets and vacuum cleaners and all of this to mimic domestication that these are the things you have to take care of. So no wonder at one and two, you at 32 and you burnt out. You've been taking care of folks since you've been born. <laughs> that is, a, that's another word right there. Uh, how, but Dr. Wright, how do we undo these longstanding systems um, of, of, of just what you talked about? How do we undo that? How do we convince ourselves and convince young women coming behind us that that is not that is not going to bode well for you in the end? Like that's just not what we want for you. How do we how do we break these systems down? I'm going to tell you a deep secret. I need you to lean in real close. Right? I'm leaning in, girl. I need you, I need you to lean in. <laughs> we gotta stop doing it. <laughs> so, so when we stop doing it they stop having a pattern to learn from <laughs> because this is learned behavior. <laughs> it is. It, it is. really like, is. I need to tell you a secret. We got to stop. Like <laughs> it's learned. And so when we learn, when we learn to take care of ourselves, generations behind them learn to take care of themselves. When we learn to say no, when we learn to put in boundaries, when we become okay and who we are that I don't care if they like me, if I show up or not, but I have to do what's best for me. When we start some of that stuff, honey child, we begin to teach our daughters, our nieces and everyone behind us that no is okay. And if someone loves you enough, they'll accept your no, that I just can't do it. And so they will be able to accept it. But you also, we also, now that we've been ingrained in this uh issue because this is an issue um that you can't do it alone you need community that says it's okay to rest give yourself permission to rest give yourself permission to say i just can't show up Mm -hmm. i can't do it give yourself permission to be human so we take the superhuman off of it and give yourself permission to say i don't i can't i just can't make it i like that Mm -hmm. dr Wright. when did you come to sorority life and 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 what made you come to sorority life? Well, child, let me tell you. So I came, <laughs> I came into um, Iota Chi Sigma in fall 15. And so I came in through the alumni chapter. And so what drew me to Iota Chi Sigma was there's an A3 program. 
and it is a HIV awareness program um, that um, the sorority had. <clears throat> and I was back then, I was in HIV work. So I was a program director and um, Iota Chi Sigma has an undergraduate chapter at the University of Bridgeport. And we would, they would also always call our organization to do HIV testing or some kind of awareness. And after a while I said, well, who are these people? I'm gonna go and see. And because I was saying I was a program manager, so I would send staff out and I said, I've got to go see because they keep calling. And um, I went and I see blue and gold. And I'm like, well, what might this be? And so it, back then I knew that my Sigma light was lit. And um, it took a few years for me to actually get myself together and kind of just um, form relationships and, and really become serious about it. And then now here I am. Because you were a grown woman. Like this wasn't a, you weren't in college. You were right. working, established in your, uh, in a career. I mean, mm -hmm. you weren't like just, you know what I mean? Like on colleges, you know, undergrad, you know, right. you, you take your, you, you know, you join when you join, you join this call, you call, but mm -hmm. as a grown up, you know, it's a little different. As a full grown woman. Yes. So here's what I, here's it. Like I said, they had this program that really matched what I was doing day to day. And I'm thinking, oh, this would be nice to link up with a whole organization because at then I didn't know a whole lot about Iota Chi Sigma. I knew that they kept calling and that they were serious about this program. And I'm like, so I really need to connect with anyone that's serious about HIV because it is a whole epidemic in the black and brown community, right? And so I'm like, I have to show up and see what they're all about. And upon doing my research, I found out that it was a national program. Mm -hmm. And then I said, well, how great would it be to link with a whole body of women that's doing the same work that I'm doing. And so right now it just transitioned that what I was doing pre-sorority life, I just do in sorority life. It's like that light was, it was just the flame was just spread with, um, with um, Sigma Gamma Rho. So here I am, like you said, a whole girl woman, career-based, making moves. And it's like the call to join a force a sisterhood greater than me to push causes. Mm. And I'm like, oh, I, I want to be down. I'm like, Randy, I want to be down, right? <laughs> <laughs> so so to be president is no easy feat. No, honey. It is no easy feat. And it requires a great deal of attention on the regional level, on the national level, and on the on the local level. Yeah. So what, what called you to it? The call to continue the legacy of greater. Like we were already, they were already doing fine and dandy before, <laughs> before it was something inside of me. I remember talking to one of my sorors and was like, I think I may have bumped my head, but I think I want to run for president. And, and, <laughs> and you know, when you say that somebody, you say it hoping somebody will validate that or talk you out of it, right? Like one or two things can happen. He validated it. My sore Washington Valley, she was like, listen, I was like, no. And then I was like, I think I can do it. I don't know. But it just felt that it was the right time mm -hmm. for me to step into whatever it is, whatever it was going to be. I think it was just my time to execute. And here I am, like I said, second term, third year. I'm in it. And not only now am I serving um, as president of Iota Chi Sigma, I also have a seat on the regional board. So it's like, okay, this pit <laughs> print get bigger and bigger. 
oh, you all in. I'm all <laughs> in. All in. Uh, but you know what? Here is the thing. We need leadership, right? That's what we, this is what this is about. It's about leadership and mm-hmm. that, you know, you don't hide your light under a bushel, like you, you shine. And then if you have the ability, then you are called to step forward. It is something back then. So three years ago, uh, when I first, I just felt it. I was like, I think this is, this might be it. this. I think I wanted to like, I, I literally, it was like this intu- intuitive transit, like, oh, it's time. And I'm like, I'm going to do this. Like I have goals. I have plans. Let's do this. And when I tell you, it has just, I've grown in leadership so much. So not only are we out producing, but we're also grooming greater women. And yes. so, you see, it wasn't yes. just, like you said, hiding your light and everything. It was like step into leadership. And over the last three years, I have grown tremendously in my leadership skills and capabilities. And I'm like, I can't even wait to see you know, what's next, not even just for Sigma Gamma Rho, but for uh, Sigma women, period. Mm-hmm. Stepping into leadership and letting your light shine and using your gifts for the greater good. Listen, I think that it has no other choice but to be compounded and given back to you. I tell you what, this is what I know for true. I've yet, I have never seen not one Black Greek not have leadership capabilities because through our organizations, we are trained and groomed Mm -hmm. up to stand in leadership. Now we may not all rush to leadership, but if we are called to it and it is demanded, all of us, every last one of us can step into those roles. And that, I think that's why I love um, black sorority life so much Mm -hmm. that any, at any given time, we have been trained and the tools have been given to us to run meetings. And those skills yeah. are transferable. Yes. When I'm in meetings with other soror- sorority sisters who may not be Deltas, who could be AKAs and Sigma Gamma Rose and Zetas, I know things going to go right. It's going to be some order. That's it. Yes. <laughs> I have no girl when I see when I walk into a room and I see other sorority women I already know it's gonna That's go me. well I feel it too I'd be like oh it's showtime oh 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 we about to do this so I get I, the same feeling yes I, I don't care who it is I'll sit in there with any uh, aka or bro <laughs> and say I know Yep. It's gonna go well. I know it. I just because right. I know how we all we all have that same commitment to community and drive and business. Like we run business. We it's also business. a level of excellence. Yes, that comes and it's like oh, when we get together, that's why I think that we're so underestimated because when we do unify and come together, there's a level of excellence that can't anyone top. Um, any other community organization, when we come together um, as, as the divine nine, excellence has shown up and we are about to do something. Yes. <laughs> I love it. We have to do something together, girl. I'm gonna yes, we do. That. Listen, whatever. Just call me. <laughs> I am. Because I now you don't spur something in my spirit. I'm going to talk to you offline. It's like, girl, I got an idea that we could bring all of us together just to sort of handle our own wellness, just just Absolutely. to just to focus on our own mental I health wellness. Ha- I think it can happen. I think it can happen for real. So I, I 
enjoyed you, Dr. Wright. I am really blessed to have talked to you today. Thank you, Pam Washington, for uh, connecting us. (laughs) That is my Sarah. You hear me? (laughs) You know, I've been knowing Pam for, I've been knowing Palm for a long time. (laughs) We go way, way back. And she's probably, she's probably one of the best people I know on this planet. She really is one of the most kind and generous and funny, 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 funny. And she will ride with you. You hear me? Oh, girl. She bleeds blue and gold. But if you down, if she down with you, she going to ride with you. You hear me? (laughs) Listen, listen, I'm planning my birthday in Marrakesh in Morocco in uh, uh, in 2023. Mm. And she she wasn't going to go. And she was like, I just couldn't stand knowing that y'all would be over there. (laughs) And I see these pictures come across Facebook and I'm not there. (laughs) That sounds like her. She going to be where the action going to be. <laughs> She's like, mm, I can't do it. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> so, yeah, so I know quite a few, quite a few of the, the women of your organization, uh, Dr. Shereen Mason and yes. Paula uh, Rice. Yes. And there's a bunch of them, that y'all, that I just admire. Um, the young Carisha uh, uh, Holness. So, yes, you know. great, great women. I'm telling you, trailblazers, great women, great. Yes, it's, and it's, it's a joy. Life. It's a joy to be to be in their company and to be connected as Black women yes. um, in the in the sorority life. And that you know we are we are still necessary and doing amazing work in our communities. Absolutely, still necessary. And still relevant. Yes. A hundred yes. years, a hundred years later. Absolutely. We still fighting a good fight. Still and we're going to continue. Fight. Yes, we are. So thank you, Dr. Wright. I appreciate you. And uh, congratulations on your centennial. Yes, honey. Congratulations. Thank you for having me. Listen, partnerships coming. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It is always a pleasure to speak. And feel free to come back, make this your station, make this your home. Come back when you want to share what y'all got going on and upcoming events. We sure will. (laughs) I sure will. I feel right at home right around here. I sure will. Thank you so much. And enjoy the rest of your day. <laughs> you as well. Have a great one. Be Thank well. Thank you, my dear. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Woo. Happy centennial to the Sisters of Sigma Gamma Row. Uh, I appreciate her coming on and being my guest this morning because I, I just believe in the power of Black women and Black sorority women, especially. So uh, I'm on my way out. Y'all have a good day. I'll be back tomorrow because tomorrow I am talking to. Uh, I'm talking to Camila Forbes. She is the executive producer at the Apollo Theater. Yes, the Apollo Theater in New York. So I'm looking forward to talking to her. And uh, I'll see y'all tomorrow. So y'all behave. Thanks, Harry Droz. I'll see you tomorrow. Oh